Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller. I hunt for the latest and greatest authors and experts in self-help and ask them the in-depth questions I'm curious about for my own growth. I bring these conversations series to you so we can learn and grow together. This is my Functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness so we have the ability and capacity to pursue all we desire. And the topic of the episode is, I titled it, Having the Courage to Live Better. People who live with different health habits than the norm often get labeled as extremists. I should know. I've been doing this for 30 years. If you don't partake in the office pizza or with the church donuts or the family potluck, and you go for a run during your lunch break or play tennis on your date instead of seeing a movie, you're labeled a health nut, right? It's extreme. Like you've joined some new religion. And in truth, this reality and social pressure is enough to deter so many people from practicing the healthy habits they would otherwise adopt. I mean, a core longing of humanity is to belong, and conforming to our surroundings is a natural desire and and reaction. When you join a gang, for example, the entire point is to conform to its ways. And we all belong to numerous gangs of sorts, and we generally accept their subsequent social pressures. Most people have three primary gangs, at least their immediate family, the workplace, and then friends and extended family and close social groups. Bucking the norms is just difficult, but for you to adopt a healthy lifestyle that does not include the norms of our current times, it just does require what can seem like to other people and even to us as extreme choices. And we live in a time when characteristics such as even kindness, compassion, and ethics and justice seem extreme as well. It may simply come down to, again, like I titled it, the courage to do what is best for ourselves and really humanity, which often is, in fact, not the norm. Hey, if you get value from this self-helpful podcast and this episode, please help me out. Do leave a review. Let me know what you think. Let others know what you think. Best thing you can do is talk about what you hear on this episode with someone else. You can always find me on my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Well, next up, join me and my co-host, Randy James, medical doctor, functional medicine expert, and my dear friend to discuss the courage needed to live differently than the majority of the culture and your social groups. All right. Well, the, the impetus, uh, for the topic here on, on extreme for the show comes from the book undoctored by William Davis, MD. That's where I got the terminology. Not like it's a new thought that, that, that we've ever had or talked about, but let me read what he writes. Cause it's a great intro. He says at first you may view some of the dietary strategies in undoctored as extreme, but you will learn that it's not the undoctored eating strategies that are extreme. It's modern eating habits that are the extreme, extremely counter to our evolutionary past, extremely adrift from the realities of human physiology, extremely illogical, extremely unhealthy. You will begin to appreciate how far off course modern dietary habits have wandered as we dive deeper into this way of thinking. It will also begin to make sense why returning to the way humans were supposed to be eating all along reverses an impressive list of health conditions. Pretty good overview, eh? I think we can end the show right there. Okay. Well, it's just, that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> but this is the stuff that you live out tangibly. I mean, we talk about it, and it's a part of my world, but you live it out every single day with every patient, but maybe especially the, the next new patient, but I think even the ongoing ones that are six months down in the process and struggling with the reality of this and, and the reality that, that I want to have some compassion for, even as we uh, support today, is that... You're, we're right. In today's world, short. It's been a short span, but we're talking about living in an extremely different way, and that is difficult. It's difficult for you and me, even today. This morning, we had our guys group and a cup of coffee and a, and a friend, and we talked about this very thing that it hits all of us every day: uh, lifestyle choices. And a, a child who's a teenager to look up at you and say, really? Like, really? Like, like that's, the, that's the expectation. And on one hand, is, is also we, you can't live with no sugar forever. But then on the other hand, what's the cost of whatever exposure to whatever 
thing that we happen to be talking talking about. And that's the point of today is to put it into perspective. Yeah, we can make this show just about middle school boys specifically because <laughs> there's the hardest crucible of trying to deal with the social pressures, the extremism of not only the way they eat, but like for you and I, you know, the kids with with their phones and screen time and whatever. And we talk to the kids now and, you know, my son recently who just turned what he turned 15 and he's wanting he does have an old smartphone and uh, handed down from an older sibling that's cracked and whatever, and he can get Wi-Fi access, but we don't have a cell plan, and he's you know wanting that. And I'm going, dude, I, I was your age once, and they didn't even exist. <laughs> there wasn't even a flip phone, and we actually lived and, and made it, which is absolutely true and, and to me relevant, but to him it's absolutely irrelevant because not having a phone, not having a smartphone, not having connectivity and a cell phone plan and communication with his peers, not having that is beyond extreme. It's like Amish, man. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we're talking about to go to, you know, the average family gathering or even just in our homes with a spouse who may not be on board or kids who are living in the culture and to say, no, we're going to eat a lot of vegetables and not eat all these uh, processed things. We're going to exercise. We're going to whatever is in a lot of ways. It's extreme. And that is just a difficult and very real pressure. Yeah. It, uh, Right. I'm, I'm smiling because of everything that we've so, so much is wrapped up in that of the daily exercise of a choice here and there. And you and I just sat down and had lunch and it's, you know, an easy Friday afternoon and it's it. Our lunch would be extreme by many people's standards, but we still had a little chocolate M&M's. And you it know, was, it was, well, 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 it was not M and M's, dude. That's 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 okay. On the yeah, bad you're side. right. Sorry. It was some uh, dark chocolate Giardelli chips. Yeah. Chips. <laughs> sorry, I paid extra for those things <laughs> at eighty percent or seventy percent chocolate or whatever, and, and less sugar. But you're right, and you asked that. I mean, you're sitting there eating your bowl of I don't know. It looked like a bunch of greens. It was like rat, people would, people would laugh at you and yeah. go, "Oh, Randy's eating rabbit food." Hey, an well, avocado and cabbage. Yeah, and an apple, I think, is and what an you apple. had. And I had, what did I have? A little tuna, uh, some quinoa, and some Brussels sprouts. And man, that is just, that's along the food uh, that a lot of people, quinoa and Brussels sprouts. And right there, you get labeled, oh, you're one of right. those people. You're a health nut. You're extreme, as opposed to going, dude, I'm just eating like my grandpa. If, if we came out, if we came, you know, brought somebody back in time, uh, went back and brought somebody forward. They would recognize that food. Yeah, they would look at it and it would look like a reasonable meal. They'd look at the other, the, the food over here at Sonic or the average person's, you know, processed food or or gigantic plate uh, of over, you know, over, it's too much food and be shocked. So again, we are in this. So as much as we want to commiserate with the pressures of this, it is relevant. We, I think we have to make it relevant that we are not, this isn't some new fad. This isn't some extreme health nut thing. We're just saying, man, we have gotten in a short period of time into a very bad dietary and even exercise, you know, yeah. you know uh, our sedentary culture that is a very small and anything contrary to that seems extreme, but man, it's not, it's going back. It'd be like saying you walk, like you actually use your legs to get somewhere. You don't, Get, get on your hover chair. On your hover, yeah. We're thinking of Wally again, <laughs> oh, Wally, is, which will probably be there um, in ten years ago. People, seriously, you you why walk? Would you walk if you don't have to? There was some sci-fi show in recent years. I, I have not been able to figure it out. Where a couple in the movie, like the star couple, are going to have you know some intimacy, some sexual relations here, and she like sits back and puts on some glasses, and he's not from the same era, and he starts to touch her. She goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. we don't actually touch." <laughs> <laughs> I wish somebody would tell me what that movie is because I've always wanted to find that scene because that depicts where we're heading. Is it Minority Report? I I thought it was I, and it wasn't. Popped into my head. I, it did me too, and it wasn't that one. I, I looked at it, but again, we are going. Oh, so you are actually going to eat natural foods? You know, use your teeth. <laughs> use your teeth. Yeah. And so here we are. Just, let's just talk about just on the nutrition side, uh, you know, the aspect of going into the grocery store, which we all do at this point, and, and uh, sh- knowing that the majority of the good foods that you and I are going to eat and get for our families are on the outer aisles, not in the middle. You know, the produce is usually over on the right, and hopefully that's the majority. You've got 
you know, dairy meats, cheese stuff in the back and even the fish. And I'm thinking of city market for us and, uh, you know, hummus over here, the refrigerated stuff that will rot, uh, as opposed to the middle aisles full of all the stuff that will not rot that according to Michael Pollan would then qualify as not being actual food. Right. Yeah. And it's the, it's the exact same stuff that they ate a hundred years ago. Uh huh. And, uh, it seems so awkward and extreme, boring, maybe, yeah. in our culture today, where if there's not extra MSG for flavoring and packaging and convenience. Well, and I'll be a little vulnerable. This morning, I had a few words with my youngest because I suggested that he eat last night's leftovers for lunch, which was actually a very good egg-based meal. And, but he has decided he doesn't like it. So tears immediately come. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm trying to reason with a nine-year-old. It's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want to eat? And of course he says, well, could I have a bar? And, and of course he can. A bar, I mean like a health bar. A health bar. Uh, with granola just, bar. A gran- yeah, just another. But I just want people to see, to hear this. Here you are, Dr. Randy James, yeah. functional medicine uh, <laughs> expert here in America. And your kid cried this morning because you wanted them to eat something healthier. The, the conflict is there. Yeah. The, the normalness in his mind of what food should be is right there in the pantry and he's like, Dad, you don't even have to do it. I'll make my lunch. It's just, I'll, it's right here. So we compromised, and it was apple slices with sun butter. And there was last year. <laughs> sun butter, which is, what is that? Sunflower seed. Sunflower seed, seed yeah. butter, yeah. You, go, you know, and, uh, and we talk about, we have so many times, another uh, key book is Blue Zones by Dan Butner, Butner right. Uh, where he is saying, here's the healthiest people, the longest living and the best quality of life in these regions. And he goes around and there's five, I think, Okinawa, Japan, and man, I'm, I, uh, Loma Linda area. Uh, there's one in Costa Rica. Um, but Crete. He, yeah, yeah. And he, but he goes, he goes there, he's looking at these cultures and there they are a community of people who live a certain way, live a certain style. And we would all say, yeah, it's back. It's like the Amish, man. They're living yeah, back there. The dark ages. But there's no pressure. That's how they eat. They eat slow. They take long periods. They have family and conversation over their food. They eat the stuff that they picked out of the local area and that's it. And they are the healthiest. And that's where, you know, William, uh, Dr. William Davis here is saying that uh, that's what it leads to is, is health. It's not extreme. It's just normal bygone (laughs) age. And now here we are. And I think we'll, I think we'll see segregation, you know, from that as, as technology increases and convenience increases, whatever people who are saying, this is not healthy. Yeah. Is it fair to say that, that we've, we've come full circle where now technology We'll get to the topic of, of fasting and some other things like that, but the the technology of let's use sleep as an example, where sleep is another example of well, this has been around for a thousand years and it's pretty normal, and, and people didn't used to need ten hours, and now we're so much healthier that we only get by on six hours of sleep, and 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 that's a betterness or a modernness. We have more time for free time and watching TV. No, what we're actually finding as technology advances is the incredible complexity of sleep and the necessity of it and all four phases of it and the timing of it. And you can't technologically get around that. It, yeah. there's the, but what have we done over here with our food? We have come and we've eliminated seasons. We've eliminated uh, the fact that you only get blueberries if you live in Maine. Now we've got a logistical place, a, a standard where trucking and, and even across the world can happen. So, so in, and it's all been good. It's been ingenuity. It's been technology. But there's, and we've created a new normal that we're only just now opening our eyes to and the consequences of it. And I don't think that we're going to get to another technological, you know, we see it in Wally and stuff like that where they're just, they're, they're drinking their nutrients or they're shoving it into an IV. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You, we're, we're going to need to have a conscious effort to, and it's not getting back to a bygone era. It's not getting back to oldness or it's, you know, the good old days. It's the advancement of the knowledge that, chewing your food in a slow pattern with people that you love is 
is it. It is really good. That's the medicine for yeah. the body. Well, and it's also worthy of pointing out when we go back and talk about way back when, I've, I've consistently heard people when you get on this topic say, yeah, well, what about back in the 1800s and people only lived till they were 35 or 40? Okay, so they had you know natural whole foods from their area, but they didn't eat. You know, there are certain areas where they ate no vegetables, no fruits. They were just eating meats and breads and whatever, and not getting these nutrients over here, and they left them susceptible to you know diseases that happened at that time. Okay, granted, we can always find exceptions, but this we got to go back to some just basic logic on this to think what is the body actually made for? Was it made to reside on the, again, to cite Michael Pollan's book on something that comes out of a box that, you know, macaroni and cheese, that if your grandma made it, it would have three ingredients and we buy it at the store and it has 50 of stuff that we can't explain. Does it really make sense that that stuff is going to help the body, uh, help the body flourish and be at its best? I think we could all say, you know, no, but you know, again, back to this, the truth of it, though, in which I wish we could come say, you know, hey, it's not extreme. It is. Mm-hmm. It's an unfortunate reality that just as much as I want to be, I, I want to slow things down. We're reading books right now on slowing things down. And we've had friends who have talked about going back to flip phones because of the distraction of the you know, smartphone. And that feels extreme. It really shouldn't be. Um, I read one recently, a, a primary business leader who said, I'm done with email. I've been doing it for mm-hmm. two decades now, and I'm not going to do that. Well, in doing so, he's going to shut the doors to some aspects of uh, communication. I use Facebook for my business. You do not. Maybe you could benefit more, Dr. Right. James, by using Facebook. Probably, and maybe you'll have somebody do that at some point, but can we live, can we survive, can we flourish without these things that we think of as necessities and be extreme. And then it just comes to, you know, what's, what is your goal? And if my goal is to be the healthiest Kevin Miller fit mind body to have less symptoms, more performance, then it behooves me to eat. Let's just stick on that to eat and exercise in a certain way that is contradictory to the short term, but current culture, uh, that we have. Which is going to call you extreme. Yeah. And it is, and it's a pain in the butt. Well, you're right. It is. It just it flat is. is. It's, it's our way of living will be called extreme by most average people in our society. And, I, and you and I are drawing a line in the sand and saying, so be it. I'll still come back and say, I drew that line, but then I moved it over for my nine-year-old this morning. Right? I, 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 yeah. I, I bent. I, and I have a 14-year-old who's now... You know, I've had my time of insistence from, you know, zero to 13 and saying, eat this way. And now he's going out with friends and under these influences. And, and, uh, it, so another example of my family where, uh, we went skiing just last weekend. I think I told you about it where he's got his buds in the back and and I could see it happening. And they whispered something in his ear and he's like, oh, dad, we need to stop at a gas station. And what does Michael Pollan say? That's no don't food buy, there. Don't buy your gas. If you get it from a, a drive-through window or at a gas station <laughs> or a, station, or a hardware food. store, it's not food. And I roll my eyeballs and I'm like, okay. And uh, so yeah, they come out three kids with a six pack of Sprite and a bag of Doritos. And in my ear, I'm listening to one of my favorite doctor teachers, Peter Atia, who is literally just laying out the biochemistry of the horrific consequences of fructose of what that's going to do and to them, i right? just yeah. okay i didn't buy it they had to spend their own money on it but i just supported doritos and i'm just like ah it's well, dissonant and to what you say you know are we looking at that and absolutely pointing all and it's all you know it's all sinful stuff it's terrible stuff and you would say no if, if your boys were doing that on a ski trip twice a month man have at it it's when they're doing it every single day at school and eating out of the vending machines and whatnot. And same with us that we're doing the drive through, um, or, or, you know, even the so-called decent restaurants that we grab something from or get takeout at work or whatever, that is usually too much food. And then how much fat and junk and whatever. So is it fair for you, for us to say, we just drew a line over and there's going to be some of my patients that have to say, "I, I can't do that. I can never, have a bag of Doritos, I'm going to be like, you're right. Yeah. 
because their level of pathology, their, their own personal goals for performance or whatever, you know, an Olympic athlete is going to say, hey, for a year, I'm not, I, I just don't do that because yeah. my performance level has to be over here. So, so I think you and I also look out at the world and we say, okay, most people are going to say what we're doing is extreme, but, but I still, you know, I still got Sprite and Doritos, you know, I, I still compromised and I think every family has to intellectually and with wisdom and care and concern for the way their family is and their kids and all of that. And then you make the next best right choice that you can. Mm-hmm. But there's always the but. My, my youngest has an autoimmune condition and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be less likely to say okay to him and Doritos. And he's going to perceive that as extreme and not fair. Mm-hmm. And well, if anything, we're teaching our kids the basic cause and effect. And I think that our kids... Mm-hmm understand that. Uh, now I've seen my older kids grow into it. Now I have three older kids who seek out healthy food, uh, mm-hmm. and natural food. As a matter of fact, they now judge me, uh, <laughs> no lie. They judge me. Well, I've got a couple that are now, you know, vegan, no animal products. So they, a judge is a bad word. And that's part of what makes this whole thing difficult is because when we get to a place of something where we think it has been healthy for us, it has helped us and it is good and right and true. And we want to, in all love, pass that on it's hard for that not to become you know a judgmental thing which is a great response for folks you know for when you get that thing oh you're one of those you know health nut people i used i came from the aspect of of getting that type thing and getting on a soapbox and saying yeah and this is reason and this reason and dr william davis said and look at this book and whatever as opposed to now often just saying you know what you know i I get that i just i just feel better i just found out that if i eat these things and this and i man i really like physical activity and stuff. So I just, man, I just feel better. I know it's kind of, kind of goofy and it really derails people some, to some extent when you do that. And especially cause then they'll realize, gosh, yeah, I've got this ache and pain and whatever. My little boy, uh, Nakota, who's, what is he? Oh, he just turned 10 today. And in the past couple of years though, we put him in any running race and he wins and he realize that he is sensitive to dairy, that gluten makes him feel bloated and gassy. And so he'll go, now he's not as much under social pressure as our uh, teenage boys, our middle school boys and such, uh, but he'll go and I'll tell him, buddy, you can have whatever. It's not going to kill you. So at the little party, if they have uh, pizza and ice or you know cake or whatever, go at it. And afterwards, you know, I'll ask him about it and he'll say, I just, I just didn't eat. And I feel bad. I feel bad for him. Like I am just, I'm so terrible. I didn't, he didn't enjoy it. He says, I just don't, I just don't feel as good. And you know, I've got the race tomorrow. Oh my gosh. What a horrible life for a 10 year old, <laughs> Kevin. Oh, but he, but they get it. They get it. Cause I'm saying, why do you, we don't train you as a runner to, why are you doing so well? Why do you, you know, you do well at school as you think there's a cause and effect. And they get that even though our middle school boys may in the moment decide, you know, dude, I'm not taking a pita pocket with sprouts sticking out of it for my lunch. Dad, that is embarrassing. I'd rather not eat, which in truth uh, happens a lot of times. We have kids who will decide just not to eat and skip a meal, which is great. Yeah. He uses that word embarrassing. It's like, yeah, "Ah," you know, it's so the social pressures for a teenage middle school boy. And we know that that's normal. They're, they're going to put more value on, on the social coin than on the parental coin at this phase. And hopefully we've raised them in a way that they can think and, and make good decisions through that. And uh, okay. So that's, that's a reality. And even you and I, you know, decades later, we, we had a, a very awesome dinner last night, but I learned something about that level of key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it just, just I paid a consequence. Well, let's talk about, you know, Blue Zones. We did. We ate a dinner. It was a business-oriented uh, dinner, um, but the lady who hosted it is, is she celiacs? She is celiac. She's yeah. celiacs with some other stuff. So uh, no gluten. I mean, not a hint of it in right. the entire meal, but she still made some things that went outside of her diet there. I don't, I can't remember. There was some dairy there or someone, but she's made the statement that, ah, there's only about half of the stuff here that I'll even eat. So she made stuff and she was, she had no, you know, no shame in that. Now, granted she was with us. She knew the crowd that she was in. Uh, it was great. It was a good blue zone moment. Yeah. I, I appreciated how you brought that up. Like, you know, everything on this table is, she kept saying the word clean you know, like uh, like whole. Michael Pollan. It was whole yeah. foods, even though, yeah, there's sugar and key lime pie and whatever else, but it's real what, ingredients. The salad had quinoa uh, 
Oh, croutons. croutons. Quin- yeah, croutons. they're pretty good. And, um, but for me, I think it was that overindulgence of sugar and uh, well, we had bad wine sleep. Too. And uh, yeah, along with nice wine. It was good wine. And so, so I've, I've learned something about myself, and it's not worth it to have that bad of a night, and the next day you're off, at, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it, I, it's hard for me. And for me to then expect my 14-year-old to yeah. up his ante to bypass you know, his friends, jump in the car on the ski trip day, and they toss each other a pack of Skittles. And I'm like, uh, okay. You know, and it just it is. Uh, so they, we're bumping up on this extreme idea. Do I just lambast these kids and say, no way, not in my car. You're not doing that. And I think that would cause more harm. Than, than good at some point. I well, and that's part of a big part of what this specific episode is is a social pressure is having grace for ourselves, having grace for others. You know, back just on that aspect, this has come up multiple times in my family and probably has years. Where we'll be in a social situation, something will be offered, and one of the kids will go, "Oh, we can't have that. I can't have that, or we can't have that." And I've gotten to where now they know not to say that because I'll bristle and go, "Yes, you." could have that and to let that be the response. So I want everybody to hear that. That is an appropriate response to go, you know what? I I don't tell people that I'm so sensitive. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. It's that, you know what? I've just found out I feel best if I don't eat that. I can, I can eat that. I can, there's nothing I can't eat, but I just feel best when I don't eat that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that, but thank you so much. That is such a different perspective. I think even for our own psyche, because otherwise it gets us the feeling that we're fragile. And I pointed it out to my kids. I said, okay, you're talking like that. Do you, and I use myself cause they, they do look up to me. I got to admit that it's, it's, it's humbling, but they look up to me as an athletic, you know, muscular, not your average dad. I said, do you guys perceive me as fragile? They said, well, no. I said, how do you guys feel like athletically and, and brain wise? Do you feel fragile? Think of your, they said, no. Why are you talking about that in relation to these things that we can't eat? So let's stop saying that and just say, gosh, we choose not to because we found that we sleep better, think better, feel better if we don't. It's a big change. It, it is and it isn't. So I'm going to quote an ancient Chinese proverb, <laughs> ancient proverb, scripture from somewhere. All things are permissible, yeah, but they're not profitable. But not profitable. Okay, there you go. Then, right out of the box. So I didn't. I didn't just create that. Then. Yeah. Huh? Sorry, Shoot. Kevin. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell my kids that that was actually in the Bible. Okay. And and that's a good. And here, here's another extremism in our world today. People want to be told, "Eat this, not that." I can here. I can't there. It is black white, right? It, and 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 the fact is, it's easier to live that way. It it, it actually is. It well, actually is. There's a there's a. Sh- Short term uh, for that, that's, that's called being a Pharisee, meaning you unhook your heart, your soul, your brain, and you, you only rely on rules, right, wrong, good, bad, black, white. And these days, red, blue state, you know who you vote for, you're good, you're bad, you vaccinate, you don't. Right. There's so many of, and I'm like, wait a minute, what about vaccine in this situation, in that situation, for this kid, for that kid's genetics? No, 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 no. You either do or you don't. You're good, bad, right, wrong. And there's a problem there. Well, no, wait, I, I'm not sure. I mean, for myself, though, it is easier if I just decide, man, I, do, I, don't, I tend not to do well with corn products. It's, it is easier just to go, eh, I just don't eat those things. I mean, it's easier for my own psyche and yeah, willpower. Yeah, you just had a birthday. Yeah. And you didn't say that. Okay, well, last night <laughs> at, the, at the thing, uh, the, the stew or soup or whatever had corn in it. And I did eat it. I don't know what all had in it. Actually, I ate it, and I was so bloated and didn't sleep well, just like you. Got some spots on my face this morning. And of course, I skipped. Well, I skipped food. I, we, we just had we had a, I had a small lunch just now, but skipped it to make up for it. So I, you know, I am mean, being the flex. Terry calls it my wife the flexitarian. You know, yeah. not being so rigid. But I, but in general, I think it's I'm okay with the you know deciding. In general, what? I just don't eat dairy. Doesn't do me well, or corn, or. You know, sugar just doesn't, I just don't feel as well. I agree. I agree that in general, that's, but you can't take what you just generalized for yourself and create a generalization for your family. No, no, absolutely Or for all not. people. Right. But we live in an era with all these diet books and all these whatever that say, okay, I have figured for myself, it was 
don't eat legumes and, you know, the Steve Gundry diet. And for these other people, it's the keto. And so then you, we fracture, fractionate things off and then people find their little, their little niche and then they create good, bad, black, white. And I, I don't think that the end result is going to be found in that or that the best end result for the most people is going to be found in, in that space. Just in being rigid, you mean? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hitching on my words here because we're talking about this extreme idea and rigidity and unbending, and there's a time and a place for rigidity. Well, so in the aspect of we don't have to be trapped by it as well. I mean, we don't have to be... Right, that you've got to pull in your thinking capacity, your yeah. emoting capacity, and at the same time, you can't get... You'd be trapped by an emotional response to food. Well, okay, so is this what you're getting? I mean, like last night, if I looked at uh, the foods that were out there primarily, because it was like uh, three different types of chili and, and whatever, dude, I, you know, I, I took a food test. I'm, I have a, a sensitivity to legumes. Um, well, they were in everything. So were nightshades, uh, which is sure. also high for me. So some kind of tomato. And to respect where I was at, I ate it. And I was bloated and didn't sleep so well, but I honored the home that I was in and I chose to do that. Now, would it have, have wrecked the social engagement if I had said, because there was a time being, man, back when we were vegan, I would have brought my own stuff and a little Tupperware. That is hard. So the choice is to be that countercultural in the moment or to just give in for you know, that, that one period like I did. And I won't do that, something like that for a long time or not go. Um, those are three options, but again, so I did imbibe, if I want to say that I got yep. off my black and white, but now I won't, I may not do that for the next two months. Right. Um, which is harder if you are a business person that is consistently, right. I mean, I know some people at every lunch is a business lunch, uh, and, and half the evenings and people who travel, right. uh, is difficult though. I've talked with a lot of people said, man, I've figured out how to stick with my diet 80%. Even when I'm traveling, even right. in other countries, yada, yada. That's a, that's a good point. And I'm thinking of a couple of patients and one in particular. She travels around the world and, and um, where, where she goes, her job is to really encourage and motivate uh, the local people who are part of the company that she's with. And so, you know, for them, it's like they haven't seen the, the boss people come around for a year or two. So for them, it's special. Oh. equals nearly always celebratory food. Is that what I was going to say. There's the but for her, month. week in and week out is going to these specials. Yeah. yeah. And for her to say, eh, you know, I do better if I don't do that. It feels, but it's, it's wrecking her physiology. And so we were just wrestling with this together to think, you know, if – if it was special for some culture to say, Kevin, we are so honored that you're here. Here's a concubine, right? I mean, this is just the way that they do things. Goodness, you, you that's would, a great analogy. You would say, oh, gosh, I, you know, for me, this, there's a, a line here. Mm -hmm. and, and they would say, that's extreme and, and you're threatening us. So there's, there's the, the right time and the right place. It's going to go back to, like you said for your son, do you want to, you know, all things are permissible but not profitable, and well, and take what you said though, you're showing extremes because the majority of our pressure here in this extremism is with the coworkers that we work with every single day or the uh, family members or extended family that we have, you know, Sunday meal with every week. And that is one where of course, we're not going to give in that many times. We're just gonna say, you know what, this is just how I've chosen to eat yeah you know so let's make a joke about it if we want to i'm the health nut guy or whatever and but then go on and i think often what happens at least what i've experienced myself is people see a benefit they see uh that you gosh you don't get sick that often or how are you as old as you are and as you know as trim as you are how do you i've gotten this how do you do it kevin because they expect that okay gosh maybe if i was just you know a single guy or just married but you got nine kids how do you do 
it within that. It takes away some of the barriers. And I go through, it's hard. And that's yeah. where I'm, that, there's no big soapbox of just, um, uh, you know, we, neither of us are the guys who go, yeah, just do it. You know, mm-hmm. no excuses. You do it, man. We're, we're living the trial of it, but we're also living the benefit. And I guess that's the other thing that comes to this. Is it worth it for the payoff? And if you haven't experienced the payoff, you've got to have faith in that. If you've done this extremism, you know, for a while and experience the payoff, most people will say, my gosh, I will never go back. And it is worth it to them in any way, shape or form. Cause we're not talking. One thing I wanted to point out here, we're not talking uh, in this whole pursuit of wellness of we we're never going to mention outside of me speaking it now, a hack. You know, right. there's no, no hack. This is, this is a lot. This is choosing a lifestyle saying, I want this from life. We do that with relationships. I want this in a relationship. I want this in a job. We're saying, this is what I want for my health and wellness. This is how I'm going to live my lifestyle. Not just right. lifestyle is almost a harder word as biohacking <clears throat> in that it's gotten wrecked. Baggage, you know, with yeah. The, yeah. So would it be fair to say that uh, along the lines you were just saying, and it, it occurred to me that where right now, you know, my, I'm thinking through the lens of my own teenagers and, and through a lens of maybe more sugar, desserty kind of stuff, but five, six years ago or somewhere down that pathway, gluten became an issue with one of my kids, and it was a side issue for me personally. I actually had labs that said, you're sensitive, and I didn't believe it. No, I remember it because I felt kind of proud because I had we had already gone gluten free, and, and I was you, still. You're the one that changed our diet. Right yeah, you're, you're the one. And, and if people haven't heard this thing we talked about in the show, is when my my boy who just turned ten, when he was born, my wife is nursing him, and he is looks like he's got leprosy. That's an exaggeration, but man, face was modeled. We came to Randy and. Uh, and you said, man, he's reacting to something. I'm like, seriously, that breast milk filtered out all the crap and the kid's going to get the best. He said, I, I don't know. So Terry went on the uh, uh, comprehensive elimination trial. Elimination yeah, diet, uh-huh. thank you, which cuts out, what are the top ones? Dairy, gluten, corn, and soy. Everything. <laughs> yeah. To us, it was everything because she, she was doing a lot of dairy. She was doing cheese, you know, for protein for the baby and uh, cut it out and he got better. Boom, got better. And then it was add it back in and see what the culprit is and found out it was dairy. So the dairy she was eating, he was getting through breast milk and he was reacting. Anyways, you're the one that dramatically, you know, changed our diet and years later, gluten, we went gluten free before you did. And I, I, I think I didn't realize that. And you said, yeah, I just, man, I'm not looking forward to this gluten free thing. Oh, we already did that. I, my pride, <laughs> well, that, my pride was yeah. kind of going on there. It, it took it. It took the decision. We've we've talked about that a lot too. A, a switch in my brain, yeah. and and that was the the a kid who needed to do it. A lab that was pretty uh, indicative, and then I just also you know kind of like with you, I just needed to experience it myself. I've been through, and when when I'm thinking that, I'm saying at least ninety days. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people say, two weeks or something like that. So for the issues that I was thinking of, and so so days zero through thirty, I didn't notice anything. And and the thing that I was noticing in me was stiffness, sore joints. And I thought, okay, I'm forty seven or whatever I was at the time, and I'm feeling it like it's age and thinking down that pathway. And then days thirty through sixty, no different. But sure enough, around days eighty. Somewhere around in there, two and a half months in, I'm like, I can tie my shoes easier without the yeah. without the grunt of going down and coming back up and whatever. And I'm like, there, there you go. And then uh, later on, we traveled, and I had that that famous. I had a donut that was my <laughs> at some famous donut shop in this whatever city we were in, and it just wrecked me joint wise. So there you go. So since then, and my point of all that was to say, okay, I don't. There's the vision of how this is threatening me. Yeah. To me, it's not worth having a donut here and there. So we drew a line, and that was the extreme. You know, be gluten free, and and for the next few months, because the other thing in my my habit of breakfast for previous like twenty years was a peanut butter toast and a coffee, with really good bread, really good peanut butter, really good coffee, and that was just it. I loved it, and then coming out of that felt so extreme, felt so hard. And we made we made a change in habits, and now it's it's better. the The extremism is gone. Is what I'm trying to yeah, get yeah. to. I'm with you. I do want to. I don't want to miss though that when we talk about 
gluten-free, um, that, the, the, the kind of the travesty that surrounds mm-hmm. gluten. Well, you speak to right. That so please, just I tell people, just don't go eat gluten free stuff. You know, gluten free bread, gluten free cookies, gluten free crackers. These are not health. These are not health products. Yeah, look at the the manufacturer. Often they're even worse. They're than, even worse. Yeah. And and for me, uh, I I have a hard time with corn, and even more so corn byproducts like maltodextrin. Uh, what's the one with the X? Xanthan gum. Xanthan gum, yeah. Um, that are in all these gluten-free Oh, my things. gosh, yeah. yeah. And a lot of the gluten-free are primarily corn. Now, we do have some that are uh, rice. Rice-based or bean-based. And some of the rice ones don't. Yeah, rice and beans. Sometimes you can find those that don't have too many junk uh, products in them. But generally, yeah, if I have to pick between those, I'll do like a, an Ezekiel bread, a sprouted wheat that is gluten because it bothers me less than the gluten-free stuff with all that, right. which again, just goes back to the Your individual. Unique individual, yeah. right. Yeah. And it, it, there we go again to where people perceive, okay, gluten-free, and then in our modern society, we just replace it with some other kind of non-food because I, I need a cracker to hold my guacamole or whatever. And it's, it's okay, I get it. But it, it were and the science and the technology say no 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 go back to the actual food that makes the cracker, right? Get the processing yeah. piece out and go back to the original. Broccoli is still broccoli, and corn and rice and all these things are, are still broccoli what they picks are. up guacamole pretty darn pretty good. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and on this, you know, we're, so we're talking about the, the reality of the extremism, but you know, you you've kind of brought up a thread here that I wasn't intending of also having grace. And as I remember my mom talking about, and this was relationally with, you know, an argument major on the majors, not on the minors. And I'm going back to, you know, my wife talks a lot about the 80, you know, the 80, 20 rule. Can we stick with our preferred diet 80% of the time? That's probably what we do even in the home. And you've been you know talking about Doritos or whatever. Generally Friday night is our, taco Dorito night well taco or taco salad and that's what makes it because it's basically it's just salad with some beans same stuff maybe some rice to put in it um a lot of times they'll do cheese some of them do almond cheese who who have more problems with dairy not that dairy is good for for any of them but do a little bit there and that's what tips it off though that's the excitement of it is it's a you know doritos or they have a certain flavor they chili spicy chili or something like that and they do it and so we do it's once a week though it's once a week. That's chip night. Is that the weekends we do uh, S, S days are sweets days. So uh, those are the days that my little girl, she's waiting for Saturday because she knows she gets a little bit of ice cream. It's the coconut mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh, coconut bliss. Yeah. That in my phraseology, it's if, if you can Monday through Friday, breakfast, lunch, dinner is kind of on track. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit of a leeway for weekends and travel and, and those kind of things. And I think for most people, if we had grown up doing that, we'd have way less problems. Yeah. Right? If that was the norm. Which, back to the biblical aspect of feasting. There was a time for feasting. It just wasn't every stinking day. Right. Um, and yeah, again, look at, you know, and I did, I did want to point out too, as we're talking about the social pressures, you and I have talked about it, kids lunches. So let's say you've got a kid and you have done, and I, I've thought about talking about that. I mean, the whole issue of your kids ultimately getting them to eat, it gets into a how you parent and discipline your kids and train them. And I don't know if we want to go down that road, um, but we want our kids eating. Uh, you and well, I I'm, I'm a little sensitive there because your kids are, they'll eat, they're veggie eaters. Oh, and come on, compared to the norm though, your kids eat vegetables. I mean, they, well, okay. there's no problem when they get a plate and it's, you know, half vegetables. They may not like this one, but they like this one. They eat vegetables, they eat fruit, they eat your nut mix at home is whole raw, you know, nuts yeah. for the most part. I mean, they're eating that good stuff, but I wanted to say uh, with, so with our kids who are doing that, that the reality of, I don't to pick on our middle school boys. Again, my high school kids were confident enough to go, man, I'm proud of what I'm eating. And they would take the pita pocket with the sprouts coming out. The little kids, they're proud too. They don't know any better. They don't have any social pressures for the most part. It's the middle school where we both experience boys who all of a sudden are balking and we send them with what I would, cause I was sending them and then yeah. come home and they hadn't eaten it. They hadn't pulled it out. I'm like, seriously, guys, you're that under you know, peer pressure. And I think I berated them at first. And they're like, yeah, 
We are. And I back down. And now my focus is, can I get a good breakfast in them? Can I get a good dinner in them? And lunch, try my best, but they may eat, as you said, a bar of whatever or nothing. Or, yeah, my son will just, he so, now, it's not worth it to him. He'd rather sleep 10 more minutes to get up to make his own lunch. And I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make a lunch that you bring home uneaten. Well, and their testimony too is their lunch period is so, so short. short. Yeah, at home. They'd rather have, go outside and shoot and, baskets. And talk. And, yeah. yeah, so they don't miss it at all. Now they come home. You know, I'll pick then up. They're hungry. <laughs> they, oh my gosh, they're going to eat a meal at three thirty or whatever, and then be we, ready. For we a hit break. that too, and I said, "That's fine. You can eat your lunch at three thirty, but it, it can't be only snacky stuff." True, absolutely. You yeah. got to get out the carrots. You got to get out the hummus. You you got to have an apple, and it's just not come home and have two bars. No, I'm glad you pointed that because one of the boys mentioned that to me recently. Said he's used to you know they're used to the thing of oh you know you don't have a snack, you'll ruin your dinner. If the snack is good food, I don't care for one. And two, they generally just eat both. They, right. They're not ruining their dinner. And we have kids who have negative body fat percentages, yeah, I, I just... think, because they're active and, and whatever. But anyways, again, that, that aspect that I'm glad you brought up on, if I can, I don't know of a better term, but moderation, even in our, you know, in our extremities, Moderate, moderate. Actually, that sounds that, that sounds the wrong way. Extremities in our extreme, though, but major on the majors, not on the minor. So if we decide, hey, here's what is best for us, best for our family, whatever, and if we can adhere to that eighty percent of the time, and you're a rock star, I, I, I think. I mean, you're going to be. Can, can we say though? I just can't let moderation go. Okay. <laughs> because to the guy who eats ten candy bars a day, five is moderation. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's balance and moderation in context. Right, so in context, we don't say, "Hey, there's a moderation on how many affairs you can have." There's, there's, there's not. Right, that's a all things are not permissible in this context. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we're over here in the food world, and now we have a whole lot of gray. So, but if yeah. somebody says, "I don't want an autoimmune disease," I'm going to say, "You don't have moderate. There's, you are black and white for the next ninety days. Don't eat that stuff." And then let's reassess and see where you are. Now, can you be becoming the kind of person a year from now who can have a bowl of ice cream on a Friday night? Yeah, probably, but it's going to take a lot of work to get there and less moderation. Yeah. But if we're talking about our kids where there's not massive problems or whatever, then, okay, moderation in the context of the James Miller families and these kind of things, we're, and that, I hope that translates to people as it's not easy. We're struggling. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. I like how you said that because, like, you kind of mentioned Monday through pretty much Monday through Friday, we are on par. They are having whole foods, they are having, you know, vegetables and, and, uh, fruits. And, you know, if we have, uh, mostly fish, if we have that, it's going to be wild caught stuff. We're going to have whole grains if we have that, yeah. quinoa, rice, whatever. And that is five, you know, Monday through Friday for the most part. Well, Friday night might be some chips <laughs> added to that. And then Saturday is generally that, but then there's a little, you know, there's some ice, I say a little ice cream, but my middle school boys, oh my gosh, it, you know, as much as they can possibly fit in the bowl. But yeah, overall, I would probably say we're, we're 80% rock solid on a, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know better for folks hearing this who, who don't, uh, who aren't real well versed in that? If you, uh, the best little primer book is Michael Pollan's Food Rules. So look through that, and they're eating what is actually food, and uh, mostly plants. I don't even know if yeah, I can say that half. I, I wouldn't put that. I think me. I'm I'm on Monday through Friday, and and heavy on the plant side. You're, you're eating half. I, I know for lunch here. You're, yeah, you're half. I, I you do more I, than I do. But not my not my kids. I mean, yeah, me neither. Me neither. Too high on the grain side. Too high on the. Yeah. I mean, really, it's the easy processed grains. Just because it's easy, that's what they like, and it just. You know, you know, I was thinking earlier too about the. You know, we have taken everything and exaggerated the amount. So what had a little sugar a hundred years ago in whatever right. now has four times of it to jack our taste buds. Yeah. Same thing with salt, same things with flavoring. And I would look back at the vegetables, not only my grandparents that my grandparents did, but I think my parents uh, as well. And, and now that's bland yeah. and the level that we go to my, my spice rack is pr priority in there. And I make vegetables. When people come over, they, you know, talk about how they're not used to vegetables tasting that good, but I'm not saying that to brag on my cooking, but to say it feels like to compete with 
the sure. tastes that are out there to make it comparable. I go to great lengths to spice stuff up, which I think you know that's competing with the current culture. Well, and and I don't know. I would say that's part of the ancient culture. I mean, we've always had salt, pepper, and curry, right? That's there's nothing new there. Yeah, I, I just think some people got screwed up on vegetables by people who made them and taste like crap. They're bland. Well, or right. They're it went we mushy went and canning phase. Oh, and, uh, right, right, right. And, I think the post-war grandma who had Brussels sprouts that had been free, frozen for three years. Right. <laughs> Those they're lacking now, grandma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I, I, just this is, Oh, Hey, I, yeah. I thought of something that in the extreme world where with our kids and, and my son the other day said that my, relationship with the phone and the one I was, basically he's got screen time. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's, was the word he's, he was like, it's embarrassing. None of my other friends have screen time. Their parents don't even look at their phone. I have screen time limits. Screen screen time limits. Right. Right. So, and it was on Monday through Friday and it was 9 PM. I'm like, you're supposed to go to bed. Why would I? And, and just the process of him bumping up onto a limit really jolted him. A limit compa- to something that's just cultural. Cultural. There didn't even no exist limits. when we were his age. Well, it didn't yeah. exist. And right now, the limitations don't exist in his culture. Yeah. And um, I thought that was really eye-opening of, of a place where I didn't bend. Uh, you know, like there will always be limits on some of these things. And we went through and talked about the extremism of other things. We don't chafe at stop signs and red lights, and you have to drive on the right-hand side of the road. It just mm-hmm. that's, that's a limitation. You can only get in one fight a day at school, just one, no more than that. Right. These kinds of things. You can use that one. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that one. Yeah. And, and so the, the – and I think he got it. Yeah. And then, but translating that specifically into foods is so much, I think, harder and mushier, and difficult. It's, diff- it's, it's our difficult. number one drug. It's, it's, the number it's our one number drug. one drug. It's our number one culturally acceptable group activity, and the expectations are that everybody eats the same. That we go to a restaurant, you pick off the menu, and and that's just it. And even in this day and age, when we have so much knowledge, we have so many statistics to the detriment that our current diet is causing, even amidst that, it's still by far and large, you're expected to just go with the flow and to not do that has a cost. Yeah. It has a cost. Just like our last show, the high literal expense of time and money. This is a social pressure cost. Cost. Okay, friends, I just want to elevate and exaggerate even highlight just the real difficulty it is to buck the social norms around us and i think that people in my place who are espousing this who are advocating living differently can so easily just say hey just come on just do it Um, like it's all up to you should be no big deal and it is a big deal it's very difficult and i have compassion for that i hope we showed that in this episode Um, but it does require us to be courageous to live in the way that we feel is best for us and everyone else but it's different than the norm Thanks again for choosing to tune in to the Self-Helpful Podcast. You've got value. It is just a great gift if you would leave a review and let people know what you think about the podcast and this episode. And the best thing you can do, talk about what you heard here with someone else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.